Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. All right, in the Asia Tech Podcast Studio, back with me again, Andy and my co-host Sabir. This is the Esports Asia Show, and today we have the former COO in Asia for ESL, and he is Mr. Frank Sluka. Hello, Mr. Frank. Hi, hello. <laughs> I'm happy okay. to be here. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you, you for coming. Mm-hmm. It's really Thank great you for, for you to be. Me. Yes. So, yeah, we were talking about gaming, and you mentioned you were playing FIFA Mobile. Yeah, that's my passion. Right. It's maybe not the typical esports mm. uh, game, but um, yeah, that's my passion. Yeah, still, it's really great to see that you're <laughs> still into it, right? Yeah. So, you mentioned you were playing uh, and I mean, your children play as well, right? And you talk about how you play against them and you would have no chance about that. But how do you see this evolving from the time you started playing uh, uh, games? And, you know, now having children and looking at them playing games, do you see a different angle now that you are, you know, experienced? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a really good question about that. Um, Mm. Yes, I... uh, of course, there's one thing that the, the games my, my kids are playing are changing a lot. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's one thing. Of course, the, the games and from, from the gameplay, from the technical from programming perspective, they changed a yes. lot. Um, but it's every time the same. If my kids can play against the father or the parents, <laughs> it's really a big thing for them. Yes. Yeah. And Definitely. of course, um, they will win. <laughs> um, it's not that I let them win. Uh, <laughs> no, so, they are much better than I. Yeah, all right. That's yeah, that's a different humbling. thing, right? Yeah. Usually, it's because you know you don't want your kid to you know feel down because then you'll win all the time. But this time, it's just <laughs> them being so good at the game. <laughs> yeah, it, it changed a little bit. Uh, and and, and mm-hmm. when I was young, my parents teached me a lot about tech or how uh, using a radio. Yes. Today. My kids teach me everything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's the that's, difference now. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's really interesting. Different. Definitely. All right, so we'll yep. talk about esports in a bit. But for now, let's just talk about how you started in the space and, you know, just talk about who Frank Sluka is. <laughs> and I know you're from German, right? Yeah, I'm from yes. Germany. I think my my accent uh, <laughs> can can show yeah. you that. We were mm. at the meetup and I guess wrongly I, 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 I said Sweden, but, oh. you know, but... Okay, so German. <laughs> All right, so yeah, German. Frank, <laughs> let's share a bit about how you got into esports in the first place. Yeah, it's often uh, you, you come in something if you have a need, mm. and uh, that's uh, really I think nineteen nineteen years ago. Mm. I worked on a convention center in Germany, and um, I was responsible to bring the games industry to one of um, the um, biggest European consumer electronics show. Mm. And at that time, that was uh, 2001, the industry don't want anymore because they have plans to start their own show a year later. Um, so I had a problem because I want to fulfill my job. Yes. So how bring I the games industry to the show? And uh, I did some research, and, and I, I'm sorry to, to say this in these words, but uh, then I saw these kiddies, <laughs> and these young people, what they are doing? Yes. They they play competitive games. Yeah. So I said, "Wow, um, that's 
very interesting idea. And if I bring this <clears throat> project to my show, then I have the games industry there. Mm -hmm. Maybe not with big booths, but um, I have them and they have to be there. And I can say, okay, I, I brought them to the show, what mm -hmm. I did. And this was really the start of the first time in 2001 in Berlin um, to have an esports event alongside a bigger show. Right. So this was my, my first touch point with, with esports. And I was very fascinated about what they developed. Mm. And again, it was, was a passion, it was a need, and it created a platform. So, and um, after this show was done, um, I followed up with esports. So that was really 18 years ago. Mm -hmm. Right. So you got into esports like 2001? 2001. 2001. Yeah. So you moved from that uh, a convention center into the next space, which, what was it? So <clears throat> um, I worked on the convention center in, yes. in Germany, and then um, in early 2002, I founded my own company. It was right. a consulting company for, for games and esports, and mm. worked with, um, and then, uh, at the time with one of um, the conventions, and another convention center in Germany, which uh, established Games convention, right? Mm -hmm. that was, yes, um, yes. So I'm I'm back and in the and the back of strategy and um, business event for this uh, event. Mm. And what we added was um, esports event. So we had at that time, of course, um, Turtle Entertainment there. Yes. We had the World Cyber Games mm -hmm, there, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and some and some other esports events. But it was really the first time that we brought it directly to a show. Right, and and this is in the early two thousands, right? This Still. was two thousand two. Two thousand two. Wow. The very very funny story with mm. that was that um, <clears throat> I worked for the show and. Um, I missed the first day of the show. Oh, you <laughs> missed really it? Really, the, the opening day, because <laughs> I have to go to um, another show in UK. Right. Mm -hmm. They started at the same... Same day. On the same day at mm. this time. And, it's, of course, it was a competition. And it was <laughs> really funny, because um, when I traveled from the city to London, the, air, uh, the aircraft was really empty. Oh, man. Wow. But on the way back... It was packed. Packed. <laughs> and I heard some, some people talking. Yes. Hey, we have to go to this show. We, we have to <laughs> see what happens there. It sh should be very amazing. <laughs> right. So it was good to get this feedback yes. <laughs> before I even show the, yeah. had the chance yes. to uh, see the show. Right. Amazing. Oh, that's amazing. So, you know, I find it really interesting and really unique that back in the early 2000s before, because gaming has become somewhat mainstream, I would say now, mm. uh, you identified that hey this is an interesting space this is where you know i can see some value and i'm going to try and provide value as well what was it that made you more inclined to actually you know say hey maybe the space can grow or maybe this is worth my time um i saw the passion of of the people they they started um esports they create these platforms mm -hmm. and it was not only online it was offline so to show this and um, the second thing is what 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 I liked is it was a competition between humans mm. and not against the computer. So that's right. uh, because there was really emotions and yes. um, this was what I said. Okay, this is very worth to go and to see how I can support uh, this process. And this was from my perspective there and bring these events. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say out of the shadow, but mm. bring them in a. In the spotlight yes. on, 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 on events, what we did. 
See, that's the interesting part because most people wouldn't even think of, you know, you know, that uh, embracing esports at that point of time, especially uh, 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 the generation before us, they don't have this open mind that would just uh, uh, freely embrace esports and, you know, to actually make it into a business and, you know, to consider even bringing this into the spotlight. So you have brought this open mind with you. And now the interesting point is you have you have to you, you can have that power to convince other people right so have you been doing that you know convincing your peers or maybe even people that uh, before you or after you you know to just say to them that hey this is the next big thing what have you done in that regard i think what what i could do at, at that time mm -hmm. was to um open platforms, create platforms where yeah. these uh, uh, initiative can be presented. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this was on one side, of course, at uh, big exhibitions yes. for, for the industry, but also, and that was my way um, to open it more on the B2B side. Mm -hmm. So introduce this idea to other industries, to partners. Right. Uh, at that time, of course, first uh, endemics or other yes. partners. So we did the the first worldwide ever esports conference in two thousand four. Mm. Wow! Um, at Electronic Arts headquarters in Germany right. at that time, um, to show okay, there is is not only that some freaks are playing games. <laughs> yes, right. No, there is business behind that mm -hmm. there are opportunities behind it and there are people behind it they know what they're doing mm -hmm. and they are passionate about that so um yeah so that was a part of what i could do mm -hmm. i could open doors yes uh, um, and create platforms right. where esports can be presented Amazing. so what was the initial reaction like because you you you, you uh, uh, started the first worldwide convention on esports right but you know of course people are getting to learn more about it but what was the first reaction like from these people who don't necessarily know what esports is yeah i have to say and i was very surprised hmm. they they want to know more about it hmm. so um maybe we address the right people maybe hmm. we convince the right people but um it, it was first really to to show there is a community there is a business and um, that was my, my, my first idea to do it. Um, and then to invite people to convince them, see, hey, these are people um, they are not freaks. They know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They are passionate about it. Uh, they like what they are doing. They have a plan, an idea. So that was, was the, the um, basic idea mm -hmm. about it. Amazing. And, and then, I, I just have to say thank you. It's, the, yeah. it's people like you that allowed us to be here today like to see esports the way that it Absolutely. is today is because people like you actually start acknowledging us and start the conversation you know start the conversation. extremely forward thinking yes. um i think you know that's that's one of the key uh, highlights to then what led you on to you know the big mm. beast that is esl yes and i just want to understand a little bit more about that and how you know uh you actually got involved in that project and then <clears throat> what the steps were to even implement something like that. Mm. Um, so 
ESL, that's it's the 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 oldest uh, company for esports mm. competition, and they they did it very well. Yes, um, what they did, and they, they grew step by step, and they had uh, their up and downs, mm -hmm. um, but it was a. I, I know the company and the company owner and a lot of people at ESL very well. Um, but it, was, it took a long time that I joined the company mm. for some time here in Asia. Mostly we did projects together. Mm -hmm. So we founded the German Esports Federation. Mm. We worked on um, the International Esports Federation. I served for a time as a vice president. So or we work on political topics, but... Mm. I was never involved in, in their business. That's right. really up to two years old. Two years old. Mm. Till the point um, here in Asia when we thought, okay, um, we uh, ESL looked more deeper into Asia mm -hmm. and uh, need some support in terms of uh, set up uh, uh, structure and the operation. Mm -hmm. So that's when you joined ESL in yes. Asia. I yes. see. So. One thing I wanted to know was, uh, you come from a country that is very supportive and very embracing of esports, right, Germany? But you came to Asia, and you must have seen how in Asia esports isn't really seen as something that is, you know, a prospect, especially when we talk about children, right? Uh, Alan the other day when he came to the show, he mentioned the only thing that's keeping parents from allowing children to pursue esports as a career is because. They are worried about their children, about their future. So what I'm interested to know from your point of view is where is that difference in Germany and in Asia? Because you've been through both uh, countries and you've been in the industry for like two decades. Um, I think, first of all, if we're going a step back and mm. talking about gaming behavior, mm -hmm. um, there's a difference in terms of... Um, how to play mm. games or if it, not only video games if it's board games yeah. so mm -hmm. in, in germany and in, in general is um, that this belongs more into the kid room, kids room if mm. you're coming to asia they're much op more open so i when i i started uh, more business in asia i was really surprised when i right. met people of my age and they showed me, hey, look here, yeah, this is uh, my game, and this right. is uh, <laughs> what I achieved. Yeah. Um, you, at that time, you never have this experience mm. in, in Germany. So, from my perspective, Asia is much more open to right. to uh, for 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 gaming culture. Um, and for me, it was um, that are much more opportunities here in Asia than in in, in, in Europe. Mm -hmm. Right, um, and if we are looking into the esports scene in, in Germany, there was um, two companies. They they drove um, the esports idea in in Germany. What they did very well, and um, so and the motherland of esports is, is Korea, mm. Mm. and yeah. uh, we tried to to get the connection to Korea. What we we created, mm -hmm. yeah. so mm -hmm. they. Are, there was already some established connections before I moved then to Asia and right. more deeper into esports in Asia. Hmm. Well, that's really interesting because when we talk about esports, right, we don't think of Asia when we talk about the teams who are at the top. I mean, depending on the title, the titles that I play are 
predominantly uh, 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 Western countries. I think, again, it depends on yeah. the game. Yeah, it depends yes. on the game, really. the games yes. I play, it's always the Asian countries. Uh, that yeah, are, that's true, that's yeah. true. But then, I mean, I, I see your point because, yes. <clears throat> I mean, we can't just say the Asian countries because Korea is in a league of its own. Yes. Yeah. Uh, China is catching up, if not yeah. now on par with Korea. And then you kind of get lost in the in the rest of the countries, mm -hmm, especially mm -hmm. SCA countries. Yes. Yeah. I guess that's what I mean when I say Asia. I, I was a bit yeah. confused. Yeah. Uh, Asia, when we talk about Korea and China, then they are ahead of their game. Yeah. They're ahead of everyone. But when you talk about Southeast Asia, yeah. then that's where the problem really is, right? If, if you look maybe five years back, then mm. you have only uh, some countries that are really focusing on esports. Mm -hmm. yeah. we're, we're massively... Uh, in esports, and um, this is, I think, three four years ago where this new wave mm. started. Mm. That esports is uh, went so popular. So, um, at, if I'm looking back ten years, there was really Germany and Korea. Yeah, starting. Right. So there, there are some some. Uh, starting points mm -hmm. in both uh, mm. regions. Both regions so, yes. so you mentioned this wave kind of pushing it more into the spotlight. What What do you think it was? Do you think there was, you know, one thing that really drove it or do you think it was a combination of factors <laughs> like game titles or streaming platforms or more access to worldwide events, league structure? I mean, do you think it was everything all in one or was there one thing that really stood out for you? I think there was one, mm. really one point, and I'm I don't want to really mention the names. Okay. But there was one streaming platform and one esports organizer. Mm. They come together and they they drove this idea. Mm. Yeah. And this was really a, a starting point uh, that esports is now so popular. Yeah. So is the, the is the mainstream uh, is taking the esports into the mainstream that drove the industry forward hmm. and that's really great and moving forward i think there's only room to grow for us and uh the interest right now is how do we get more people to be interested in esports i mean obviously now we know esports is taken to the mainstream hmm. and those people who enjoy esports uh, in the first place are really enjoying this uh, a point of time for esports so the next step is how do we get people like uh of course you're here in asia you know that uh, there's a challenge when it comes to convincing people who aren't familiar with esports to watch esports, right? Do you do you have uh, an idea or whatever in mind to just you know try to convince these people? Hey, esports is something you should try and watch. Oh, that's a very good question, <clears throat> Jeff. Um, we had a similar situation with the games industry in for around twenty twenty five years ago. Mm where we um, have a similar question, how people can get more into um, games, mm. how we can get uh, a, create a bigger community. And one, que one answer of this was on the game industry, you can sit and wait. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Wow. laughs> because the generation... Uh, they yes. they grow up with video games. My generation, we grew up with board games and books. Yes. Yeah. So it's 
maybe not the right way, but <laughs> yes, it's mm. one thing. It's about it's about question about about generations, mm. of course, and um, and what we had last week yes. uh, is um, I think esports and the company and everyone who is involved in esports has to go out of the comfort zone right now to convince people to go mm. into it. Um, yes, we have the millennials, we have Generation Z, they're in esports, and <clears throat> but there are some other generations like my generation out there we have to convince about. Right. Mm -hmm. And that starts with understanding the games. Understanding mm -hmm. the game. Uh, now, this leads to an interesting story from your side, Frank. Last week when we were sharing, you mentioned a story with your wife. So I think <laughs> it's only appropriate that we share this story with more people yeah. in this platform. So please. <laughs> yeah. I, a bit of context to that yeah. story. I asked Frank, uh, I asked the panel, um, you know, to really get someone to understand what esports is. What do you think would be, you know, a big, big way to do so? Would it be playing the game? Would it be watching videos in the game, mm. watching a stream. And the answer Frank gave was actually really, really, really good. important. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's similar to, to sports or to music. Um, go to a live event mm. to mm -hmm. to have an idea about how it works. And um, it's, um, it's some times ago, my, my wife wanted to experience an esports tournament and um, she wanted to join us for, for a weekend and I said of course I'm happy to do this yes. so um, my, my little son was, was alongside and um, they, they they came to the event on, on Saturday and um, had the chance to see the semifinals and really after 10-15 minutes she was completely in she wow. cheered she celebrated and of course uh, she was for the team that's not so good that maybe on the way to lose <laughs> um, but she was very fascinated about the situation the mm atmosphere what what's in the in, in this um, event and um, at the end of the day she asked me uh, oh can I go back t tomorrow wow. to see the finals wow. and I said of course, of course. I'm happy that, that you, <laughs> you enjoyed it and yes, said, yes uh, the people are so engaged and it's uh, they shared really and they have with one team <laughs> so she really enjoyed mm. that and, um, she did it and um, they did after the the event after the final they did pictures with with the winners yeah. so yes. my wife and especially my little son they never do that <laughs> weeks ago my my wife met up with uh, some of her friends mm -hmm. uh, for for coffee and um, one of her friend asked her a mother of, of uh, mm. two kids as well okay um, asked her hey you was at, at this these esports event and my wife yes yes it was great <laughs> it was perfect and i loved it and and then the, the other one said, yeah, but it was a Counter-Strike event. Oh. And that's the point where I run in problems because <laughs> my wife didn't realize it was a Counter-Strike event. Right. She was so engaged with the situation and yes. the, the whole life event Amazing. that she never realized it was Counter-Strike. Yeah. Mm. And this shows me the, the fascination of esports. Mm -hmm. And... Um, yeah, I had some discussion with my wife about that, but um, <laughs> I said, yeah, you, you saw what it is, and it was a very peaceful event. People celebrate, they come together, so it was nothing bad. Yeah, agreed. It. I think, uh, you know, when you, when you said that uh, last week as well, I, I completely agreed with you. Mm -hmm. I think 
um, just like traditional sports, you know, you take anyone to the stadium, to the arena, to the court. It's a completely different experience, different experience. even if you don't, you know, know or understand. And uh, for some reason, maybe it's the production or the visual effects or esports events just seem very grand nowadays. And that seems to be the level that we're at where they're incorporating, you know, AR, mm. um, fan reactions or even, you know, um, what was it earlier today that we were talking about? Uh, video. video uh, the motion graphics. Motion yes. graphics, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so it seems to be, you know, everything seems to be accelerating. Where do you kind of see the future of, of events going or leading to? A next question. <laughs> <laughs> For me, is esports a part of the digital revolution? Yes. Mm-hmm. So it, it follows uh, the idea of uh, smart nation, what we have here mm. in Singapore. Um, the the uh, finance sector is going with fintech and uh, yeah. digital. So sports is going digital. So I think um, there's a lot more what can can happen in terms of technical presentation mm. of games. Um, I think even the the esports industry and community had to, had to think about it how to present games maybe in another way that makes more suitable for other generation mm. other people that are not in esports mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. I understand it. My my example for that is um, f- uh, how long needs a match in League of Legends a final. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it could take some hours. Yes. And there, are, if we are, compa- I don't want to compare it really with sports, but if we compare it, there are reasons why mm. a football game is 19 minutes, um, basketball game is um, an hour as well. Mm-hmm. So there are reasons why. Yeah. So that's something where I think the esports community has to think about it mm. or the publishers together with the esports community how to manage such things right mm-hmm. the, the 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 thing you mentioned about the time frame of a match uh is when we apply that to uh mainstream traditional media right when you say football match is 90 minutes it's easy to plan for it if you plan to show it on tv because the time slot is fixed yeah now my 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 point is we talked about last week as well uh, about how traditional media is losing relevance. It's not irrelevant. It's still a very good source for uh, uh, taking esports into the mainstream. But when we talk about this point where we still need to uh, uh, address this problem of time slots because we need to uh, uh, adjust them for broadcasting on TV. But now we're also saying that TV is losing relevance. So where's that balance? Should we focus on uh, adjusting esports to be displayed on TV, or should we just let it be the way it is and let TV adjust to esports? What do you think? There are both ways, of course, but mm. it's it's not only about TV. It's yes. um, only f- for me as as a family, for example. Um, I can do my weekend plans much better if I have a time frame, an idea about time. Right, yes. So Mm -hmm. that's something. It's uh, for for training sessions um, that we we know a little bit more about that. Yes. Um, If it comes up to to traditional TV, yes, I think there there are two levels we we have to talk about it. Mm -hmm. One, it's the content that will be presented uh, from the 
uh, uh, traditional TV stations. And the other one is the technical equipment, the technical solution behind that. Mm. And if you look at from these two different angles, um, then, of course, esports could be a uh, content for yes. traditional um, right. uh, uh, TV stations, but um, a technical solution and how you enjoy, how you use media, mm. it's different. Mm -hmm. So I, I see it more like a problem on the, on the distribution of content. Right. Then it's a content. The content itself. Itself, yeah. I see. So Interesting yeah. point. Distribution is really important because that's when uh, we know that this content is reaching people from different parts of the world and from different backgrounds, right? Mm. That's really interesting. Can I just take a step back? Sure. Frank, how did you end up here in Singapore? <laughs> <laughs> Good question again. <laughs> um, there, um, there are two reasons. One is the business reason. Mm -hmm. uh, before we moved to Singapore, um, I did already business in Southeast Asia. And mm. friends of mine asked me if we want to do together a company starting in the digital media. Right. And that was a really good time point because I said, okay, yeah, that's something what, what could fit in my business plans as well. The second thing was a private decision. Mm -hmm. um, we, we lived in, in, in Germany and US and um, my family, especially the kids, they want to move on again. So that was a good fit for uh, both sides, private and business. So how long have you been in Singapore now? I'm now here in seven years. Seven wow. years, wow. So, nice. So yeah, okay, that's interesting. So can I talk about uh, what you're doing now in esports? Since you've moved on from ESL, what have you been trying to come up with in the in, in industry? So um, I'm involved in esports yes. and, and some other projects. I can't say at the moment okay. too much about that. But um, of course, I, I will stay there. Um, I'm. We are good friends, ESL, and I. So yes. there's uh, there's nothing uh, between us. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I have my my own uh, consulting company, in, uh, which is uh, focusing on, on games and esports right. since t 2012. Okay. So um, yeah, and there are some some really nice, exciting. Um, projects one or one main topic we are following at the moment is esports and tourism we launch one project later the year and 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 in this area and and i think that uh, the tourism will be um a, could be a big part in, in, in the or can play a big part True. in the esports yes industry. absolutely i think that's a that's a really interesting point i mean like when you when you look at let's say um new york right you look at new york you're like hey there are a couple of tourist spots i gotta hit yes. empire state building central park and one of the biggest basketball if not the most important basketball stadium in the world madison square garden mm -hmm. right so that's where i find it really interesting where tourism where esports can actually be a driver for, for tourism, tourism, right? Yes. You want to go to Korea and you want to see mm. the stadium where Faker won his world championship, or you know, you go to America, you want to see where a Ninja spends his time. Mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. So it's it's cool. Yeah, you know, I, a colleague of mine joked once talking about <laughs> um, 
cruises for esports. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Asian cruises for esports. You go from like Seoul to Japan to, you know, I, it's not crazy to think about. Like, it's I, not, yeah. I would sign up to a cruise like yeah. that. That could be an interesting thing. Um, a very practical um, issue or subject is um, if I'm traveling overseas with the family, if mm. you're looking to the in flight programs from if it will be provided by the airlines. But if then um, you find something for smaller kids, you find something for adults, but for teenagers or uh, younger ones, you don't have really content. Mm. Mm. So uh, only there, if you have there something about esports, I guarantee you the airline they which uh, will uh, absolutely this uh, deliver. Yeah, my kids will tell me this is the airline we have to fly, and you'll end up booking that airline, right? Because yeah. if you're looking at a 10, 12 hour flight, yeah, you might yeah. as well. I mean, absolutely, it's it's not that far off. It's it's very simple, but this generation is not really served at the moment. So that's mm. no, absolutely, yeah. that's it's only one thing, and mm. maybe yeah. add something to this. And, 2017, we had around um, 150 mega esports events around mm. the world. Wow. Mm. And they did a revenue only on ticket sales about 30 million USD. Wow. wow. So imagine that, and this is growing. Yes. And this is only ticket sales. Incredible. So, which opportunities are arising there for um, venues, yeah. for cities? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So there, there, there's, there's a lot to do. You know, yeah. you know. Actually, let's just dare to dream. Screw it. I, I, I get onto Emirates flights most of the time, and mm. you know, Emirates is one of those airlines now that has begun to offer Wi-Fi, like mm. free yeah. Wi-Fi, yes. the entire journey. So I'm not even disconnected anymore. I'm You're constantly connected, connected in, the, in there, right? So let's take a step further and say, why can't Emirates strike yeah. a deal with Twitch? Why Maybe can't Emirates can... strike a deal with Netflix, mm. you know, start streaming yes. stuff? Yes. And see, if I knew that one airline versus another, yeah. I could go and watch Twitch streams or I could versus be on my Netflix, I would definitely be definitely more inclined that to one. take yes. that. Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So talking about tourism again, uh, like even ESL, they did ESL Genting uh, a few years back, right? Yes. So that's the that's the thing that I want to highlight is that we can drive people to come here to Southeast Asia, but before we can do that, we have to establish uh, uh, the facilities, the production, right? So one particular news that is very interesting to me was that in Huangzhou, I think, in uh, the host city for Asian Games 2022, they're actually building a whole town for esports. So it's not just about the venue, it's not just about the gaming arena. They're going to plan for building hotels, building hospitals for esports athletes. And this has got me thinking, would, would it benefit the countries here in Asia if they could just you know, decide, hey, let's build a venue of our own so that when esports events are coming to Asia, we can have this in this country for one year and this country the next. Do you think that's the direction that we're headed towards? It could be. They're really there. Mm, and yeah. I think this is the charming way at the yes. moment. Is yep. We don't know. And the other good thing is that esports can create that. Yes. Absolutely. We are not dependent on an IOC. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's 
everything community driven. And this is what I really like on, on, on these mm, Yes. And um, so there are opportunities and um, we will see mm-hmm. how, how it works. Mm-hmm. But if you look to our neighbor in Malaysia, they they said, okay, esports is for us very important. We want to create the esports hub for Asia. Mm. And they went a s- step back and said, okay, what we have to create mm. to establish an ecosystem or mm. um, an esports industry, esports community. And that's not only about buildings or tourism, yes. it's about jobs. Absolutely. Mm. And um, I think this is... R- where we have to look a little bit deeper into it. Um, what could a country, what could an industry deliver mm. to the society, to the job market? Mm-hmm. And esports is creating jobs. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. One of the things that we are focusing on this show is to highlight that there are jobs in the esports industry that might not have crossed your mind. Like when people talk about esports and the job that in, it, it involves is we talk about players, we talk about teams, we talk about manage, managing those teams. But we also talk about uh, uh, the production side where mm. there's a backstage mm. crew, then there's tourism as well. I mean, they someone has to book those flights, right? For teams to come and fly yep. in. So all these jobs, right? What, what do you want to see uh, uh, sprouting in the next year? Like what would excite you that, you know, Hey, esports is now allowing us to take a job in this discipline, so then people would be more interested to get into esports. First of all, uh, definition: what is esports? As mm-hmm. the first thing, because it could be a lot of things. So lot we, of are things not, yes. we are not we are not focusing on on one game. Yes, that's that's one fundamental thing. The other thing is um, to establish esports. And to be recognized, we need an ecosystem. Yes, that's to establish. Um, I'm I'm very thankful that the Ministry of of Family in Malaysia they they cover um, youth and sports as well. But mm-hmm. they're taking care of it and say, okay, this is important for the development of yes. a country. That's um, yeah, important. And the last thing it's uh, it, we need an existing ecosystem like other industry, like other communities have already. Mm, yeah. This has to be established. If we get that, then I'm, I'm looking very forward into, in, in, in for, mm. for the development of esports. And I, from my perspective, we will have a mega change mm. in, in the esports industry, especially mm. on the tournament side. So um, there will be a coming new companies yes. they will um, deliver esports and maybe companies there's now existing get a little bit under pressure True. Mm. um i th- i th- i see this change and again um if i compare to the games industry 20 25 years ago <laughs> we had exactly this this change yeah interesting point yeah, yeah i mean definitely definitely that means like see uh, the thing about pressure is that's where innovation comes right when new companies start to sprout here and there and the existing companies start to feel pressured Mm. then we will think of new innovative solutions Mm. to deliver even further within the industry so that's really exciting and one point i really like was that uh, we don't depend on anyone that 
this industry is driven by its community and the control is in our hands. So it's really interesting to see that even in the past few years, the development, the big changes that has happened is a result of the community putting its hand into the industry. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's just a really great thing about esports, you know. Definitely. So yeah. Is there anything you would like to see uh I mean in maybe specifically in Singapore, what changes would you want to happen in the like, you know, <laughs> next month or two? Maybe feel new like, community. Like Frank has a couple of changes on his <laughs> mind. <laughs> this is this is really really hard to say, but yes. um, I think and this is may it's a change of acknowledgement of esports yes. e or g gaming i don't want to to compare it or put it in uh, together but yeah. it, it's different but mm -hmm. um this is and to to see the the opportunities and see that if you i'm i'm not not your generation but um i i I try to be very open to this and then mm -hmm. this to be more open to changes. Mm. Yeah. Um it's it's different and please don't compare too much with gaming uh, with with sports yes. with other entertainment. Um it's on on the way to to find a, or what what I what do I reclaim it's a definition. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, that's that's what I want to see a little bit more open mm. maybe let's advice from from younger ones uh, from <laughs> people there involved in esports to go maybe a different way in digital con consume, uh, consume of uh, uh, or usage of of, of uh, content um, of the recognition yes. of it um, yeah that's interesting that's, uh, so you think the definition of esports is still very raw and it's still in the making rather than being defined at the moment If I go out and ask people about esports, I get ten different ten different answers. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. So, is it a problem of defining it, or is it just a problem of people not understanding? As in, they don't really know what it is, so they don't know how to define it. Um, it's both. You're right. Mm. It's both. But um, if you can't describe things in one sentence. Mm. Then um, maybe you have to rethink have to about rethink. it. Yes. So it shows that you might not understand it at all if you can't just say, "Hey, this is it." Yeah. All right. So that's really interesting, Frank. Now, can we just take a, a sharp turn? Do you follow <laughs> esports nowadays? Sure, I follow that. Which titles do you follow? Yes, of course, it's uh, Dota Two. Dota Two. Okay. It's um, then my my favorite is. Um, FIFA, FIFA, and yes. I have to say NBA mm. because I I like what NBA is doing. Right. Yeah. What what is it that you like from what's N what NBA is doing? Um, it's not that they may try to cover what they experience with the traditional mm. basketball now mm. into digital. No, what I like is the combination that they try right. to integrate yeah. both, mm, mm, so that mm. you have now people that are coming from the esports side reporting. Um, and and hosting mm. traditional yeah. uh, um, basketball games, right? Or okay. another thing was that uh, camera perspective mm. that's used in esports. They now use in, in the, the in the traditional sports. Yeah. So this is what I what I right. really like. On. 
right? So you're integrating both parts of yeah. each world Absolutely. into one. That's yeah. really amazing. I mean, yeah. yeah, now that you mention it, it's really <laughs> great. Yeah, <laughs> is, is is that is that where your love for games kind of stemmed from? Was it with sports games that you grew up playing initially, or I mean, what what are your like fondest childhood games mm. that you remember? Uh, we had Pac-Man. Pac-Man. <laughs> Pac-Man? Yes. Not Pac-Man. Bad. All right. All right. So now you play FIFA and you watch NBA Dota 2. What is it that... Uh, uh, we, you talked about NBA and you like what they're doing with uh, combining both elements, right? What about in, let's say, Dota 2? It's a, it's a very strange genre if you don't grow up with it, right? I mean, we are used to sports simulations like football, uh, basketball... And of course, there are also other simulators like racing with F1, but MOBA, uh, 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 Dota 2 is like its own thing. Yeah, you don't see it in real life, right? What do you like about that when you can't compare it to real life? Uh, first of all, I like the the gameplay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, from my perspective, it's exciting, mm-hmm. and then the opportunity to to play as a team. Yes. And um, that because that trains another a uh, lot of other uh, skills. Yes, you're right. You you can't compare it with sports simulation games, but uh, that is a charming part of it. Yes. So yeah, th- that's that's the thing, right? People when they don't know Dota, they wouldn't think that it's exciting because they don't understand what's going on. In yeah, the games. I mean, look at the screen, right? Yeah. It's just see? a bunch of minions. What you don't know what's this? going on. Yes. When yeah. people see this for the first time without knowing what Dota really is, they just look at, okay, there's fire. <laughs> okay, there's people going. So I was playing a uh, uh, Dota, mm-hmm. and uh, 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 I think it was an uncle of mine watching behind me. He keeps telling me, go forward, go forward. What are you doing? <laughs> but they don't know that you know, going forward at this stage is not the best strategy. So now I'm just really, you know, wishing that people would just give it a try, right? So one of the things that we uh, uh, highlighted in the previous episode with Benjamin was that we need to capture their attention in the first five seconds of them looking at this, right? So what do you think is that way of capturing people's attention so as for them to be interested into learning more mm. about these games. Um, Sorry, tough questions. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough question. <laughs> you, you can give a lot of different answers. Yes. Maybe let us put it in the perspective of a parent. Yeah, mm. sure, please. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be connected to my mm, my mm. kids. I wanted to know what they yeah. are doing. Yes, right. And um, then I have to understand what they are doing. Yes. So that's and if they play Dota two, then I want to understand. Yes what they are doing. Mm-hmm. So then they, 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 they should show me that, mm-hmm. that I can communicate with them and understand what's, what is their world, mm-hmm. what they are thinking about it. Um, I think that's that's a point for me, for my most important point to, yes. to um, understand, interact with my, my, mm-hmm. my kids. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's important for content creators to put a little bit of focus there to, you know, attract the attention of people who are not used to looking at esports? Oh, this is a very tough question. The first thing that comes on my mind is I don't want to limit creativity. Yes, absolutely. Um, So, yeah, it could be an aspect of what I 
told earlier, it's um, mm. about the time time frame yes. if it comes up to esports. Mm. These are just ideas. Maybe it's helpful, maybe not, but um, I'm a huge supporter of creativity. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to limit um, um, creativity. And, and, game developer and what he is doing mm -hmm. maybe but this is the <clears throat> the task for the business unit of a game developer is to see if the market is there wants yeah. to yeah. have it is yes. there yeah. or you can yeah. create a market for that yeah i guess in the end it really depends on demand yeah. totally. uh, do you know about dota 2's newbie stream um unfortunately not, really not. because <laughs> that's a very interesting uh tell uh, us about uh, it andy yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was an innovation by uh the dota 2 developers uh when they were streaming the international they provide a mainstream where the main shoutcasters the shoutcasters are yeah. to cater to those who know dota there are also there was also a stream for newbies where they try to explain this game right along the way when you mm -hmm. when when the mainstream is going on yeah. so i think that's a good start from dota 2's part to uh engage more people who aren't necessarily aware of dota 2 but it's still not there yet when we when it comes to attracting people who are just not trying to get into esports do you think it's important for people to want to know about it in the first place or can we try to like I mean, quote marks forced them into learning esports. <laughs> I, I think you you need some kind of interest, definitely. Mm. But maybe you can create the interest. Create the interest. I think this is the the tipping point in mm -hmm. in this. Um, but yeah, if you're not interested, then I right. will not uh, follow. This. I mean, agreed. You know, you can't you can't force someone to do something. Yeah. But I think that what you highlighted is actually a really innovative way of of sparking that interest, mm -hmm. right? You can't expect someone to, to tune in to a, a league stream and yes. be like, oh, yeah, I understand ba everything. Baron power play? What, what's that? You know, <laughs> why are they in a gold deficit? Yes. Like, And I think the newbie stream is actually a really, a you know, start. It's, a cool, yeah. it's a cool way of just, you know, showing it to them and being like, hey, you know, this is what this is. Um, yes. At the end of the day, I know commentary is a big part yes. of, of both esports and traditional sports. Yes. But I mean, if if my mother or my girlfriend or my daughter is or son or whoever is 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 a, you know interested in this, and I can put on a newbie stream for a little bit to then it's really good. definitely. Yes. Yes. I think we have a large, we have a lot of room for growth mm -hmm. in this area, mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of stuff is being done to keep gamers gaming. But other than making uh, mobile games accessible to everyone. What's bringing new gamers to platforms like PC, yes. PS4, Xbox? Because you know it's it's hard. If I pick up uh, if I pick up League or Dota for the first time, I'll spend what a month at least just dying over and over again and not understanding what my mistakes are. Yes, and it's not always fun to keep doing that, right? <laughs> yes. So, I don't know. I think there's a lot of room for growth. Yes, there, there definitely yes. is. Yes, mm. and it's really interesting to see what's going to happen in the next few. I mean, years, I guess, if we could just, you know, leverage this technology that is mobile, which is bringing gaming and esports into the masses. Mm. It's allowed us to just have, you know, communities sprung in like every part of a country. And in those areas, people are just very passionate about gaming and they can create their own community with that. Yep. Right. So uh, do you see mobile 
uh, threatening PC or console or you know the other platforms that exist <laughs> right now? Yes, of course, definitely. of course, definitely. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, what do you think they should do, this PC and console developers? Um. Again, a very, very good and uh, yeah. difficult question. <laughs> um, I think that's. I'm not afraid of it that mm. maybe another platform is joining it. It's right. more additional because the, the the population or the the, the community is growing, so um, maybe it's shifting things. But um, I think some years ago, um, people said triple A games are done. Mm. Yeah, and today still. they are still, still existing. Yes. They are very important to yes. to drive the the industry, yes. the, the games industry. So. Um, it's really hard to say, but for me, it's it's another platform. Yes, and with another platform, we can reach other people mm -hmm. and more True. people. Yes, that's definitely the right point there because when we talk about gaming itself, there's a a, a range of genres and there's a spectrum of uh, entry point, I would say, because when we talk about racing simulators you for you to play the game you have to build that gear you know you have to have the seat you yeah. have to have the wheelie the yeah. the, the, the steering wheel True. that's just not accessible absolutely but and the other end is mobile right now we're bringing this to everyone and everyone can just you know download yeah. start an account play so i think there's two different parts there first is gaming in general triple a games they will still be there will still be people who enjoy these games. But when we talk about esports, I think it's important to highlight that mobile is bringing this to everyone. And so the esports community can only grow from now I mean, because yeah, of this. Absolutely. I mean, I was having a really interesting conversation with a friend of mine who works at Garena. Mm. And, you know, we were talking about, hey, okay, there, there are three things that I see uh, that are points of entry towards someone adopting a game, mm. right? First being interest. Like, are you interested in the game? Is it a game that, you know, appeals to something you're either interested in before gaming or, you know, you just somehow... And, you know, app developers nowadays can produce a game for mobile not in a matter of years yes. or, you know, it's, it's, it's a much shorter time frame. Yes. So, okay. Then the next one is accessibility. Like what you just mentioned. Do I need a driving seat? Mm -hmm. Do I need a $4,000 PC. PC yeah. Do I need that extra headset? Do I need that extra mouse? No. Do, do I need to pay for the best Wi-Fi? No. And then the third thing um, being skill cap, right? Mm. Again, going back to what I said, do I need to invest a serious amount yes. of time to get really, really good? I mean, I picked up Mobile Legends when I first moved to Singapore and within a week, I was already you yeah, know, you're pretty like good figuring already, out right? how to yes. play. <laughs> so yes. I think they, they really, mobile games have showed us that many more people are interested in yes. gaming than we actually gave them credit for. Correct. And now we have a platform that's highlighted that. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we can help translate that into the PC, yes. into the PS4. But it's also a platform for the distribution of content. Yes. Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. that's not only active <coughs> playing, it's yep. also enjoying consuming, it. Consuming, yes. Consuming it. And this gives another opportunity even for PC and console. Yes. Exactly. Yep. Yes. Yeah, that's been really great. And I think you got the point there. You know, accessing mm. games is just a matter of time now for people. It's just that they're interested and now they have the access to it. Yeah. 
there's one thing I'd like to discuss about this, but I think we don't have the time for that because when you talk about skill cap, right? Yeah. We're talking about entertainment here. If the skill cap is slow, I don't think people would be very interested to watch a game. But, you know, that's a discussion for another time. But yeah. for today, it's been really great, Frank. I'd like to personally thank you again for yeah. coming to the show. Thank you very much, And Frank. for giving us that talk uh, last week at the meetup. Mm-hmm. It's been really insightful and we can learn a thing or two from just listening to this podcast. And people listening, I just want you to really get what Frank has shared with us and see that esports really is growing and we hope that people would be able to uh, acknowledge esports further so that we can just work towards it and not deny it the chance to flourish absolutely well said thank you another question that uh, he likes to bring up at the end of the session is Frank if you were to put yourselves in our shoes who would you like to see next on the show (laughs) <laughs> oh, I have a list of uh, 150 people. Yes, um, please. So thank you, Frank. Pick, pick your top one. Thank, thank you for having me. It was great. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so thank much, you. Frank. Thank you. But yeah, uh, can you pick one name? <laughs> <laughs> Just any name. Yeah, any name. <laughs> Lucky Luke. <laughs> Lucky Luke. <laughs> All right. All right. So I guess that's it. Uh, Sabir, you want to say anything? Frank, no. do you have a last message for everyone who's listening to this? Um. Yeah, I think uh, everyone should enjoy esports. And if you are not in, please try it out and uh, see um, how esports is. All right. So try it out and see what esports really is. And you'll be opened up to a whole new world that you might just enjoy. So thank you again, Frank. Thank you, Saber. This has been an awesome session. And we look forward to more stories from you guys. If you know someone who needs to tell their stories or if you need to tell your story, contact us and we'll set a book. Uh, We'll set a session together. So with that, I'll end it here. Thank you again, Frank. Thank you, Saber. I'll see you and we'll see you in the next episode. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.